how does one need to show up in order to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work? What are the practical skills and tools that boost one's practice of leadership in order to do that? These are the challenges that we as leadership practitioners approach every day as we observe and coach people in all kinds of roles, in all levels of organizations, and at organizations of various sizes. In this podcast, we'll share our experiences, the experiences of the people we support, and what we see as working. I'm Jonathan Rosenblatt. And I'm Marlene Jabrowski. Welcome to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. Hey, Marlene. Hey, JR. I thought for today, we would start a conversation around an observation that I've had. And the observation is that oftentimes, when there is a problem to solve, a challenge to solve, you start talking about it, sharing information. And then for whatever reason, as soon as there's just enough information to get to some sort of solution, the conversation just goes zoom straight into here's all the tactical stuff we can do, action plan, go do, 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 do. And it got me so curious as to like, why is that? Why, why do we go straight to solutions? I think of coaches who show up in the coaching session and they arrive quite, quite reasonably wanting to get to solutions. I think of the way that in our learning circles, the way the learners are really primed to want to help each other. And that impulse, that human impulse to help each other, to connect, to be of service, to provide value. If you're a professional coach or a professional manager, to be valuable is often measured in terms of the number of solutions you provide or the instances where you have the answers. So I think we live in a world that, I mean, very much nudges us or pushes us or downright shoves us in that direction a lot of the time. Yet when we do that, when we, it's not that we're, I, mean, I don't think for a moment our listeners would think that we're saying, hey, we're all about no solutions. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I, I, I Just to make that really, really clear, it, it's what happens when you, when we go there too soon, I think, is the, the heart of what you and I have, have tossed back and forth. And of course, this is something that the coaches and, and Folks who are trying to create the conditions for creativity and for innovation often struggle with because the first solution that comes to mind is often not the best one. So this is why innovators and um, kind of big picture thinkers or people who want to get to the, the, the root cause or the, you know, if you can just see that bit of the iceberg, but what's under the iceberg you know, the, the bigger piece, if you really want solutions that address the bigger piece, then getting to solutioning too quickly makes that all impossible. It's no surprise that one of the outer practices, right, is exploring curiously. I remember when we were, when we were debating, you know, like which practices go in the framework, which don't go in the framework. I remember both of us were very, you know, very much so committed to putting that one in there because I know for me, there's been so many sessions that I've had with leaders where when you come in and, and you go straight to the solution, right? And then we talk through it and they come in and, and there's this one sense of, of what's going on. And you start kind of peeling that back, right? Exploring curiously, seeing what else might be out there, or maybe looking at it as like um, a different way is like zooming out. 
you end up seeing a lot more information or getting a lot more information than you otherwise would have if you just stuck to that initial piece. Well, when we when we zoom out, we take in, you know, just literally the metaphor, we take in more information and we take in more information at a more distant perspective. We increase our perspective often, particularly when we're trying to find a way to where we're going that is innovative, that act of zooming out, literally that perspective, that, that new information that's available and that, that higher level information that's available can allow us to recognize paths that would not have been visible if we were right down in the weeds, right in the thick of it, right up close. There's another context where that applies as well in that when you have this challenge where you feel stuck, you, you know, you're focusing on what you're stuck about and looking for solutions on, on the thing that you're stuck on. You can have as much conversation as you want, kind of staying at that level, exploring curiously even at that level, and you're going to have some data. There's no question. The opportunity to zoom out a little bit on that and look at what are some of the surrounding things and maybe not even look at the the item itself, but maybe the item or the challenge within the context of other challenges or how it relates to other things in your environment. That's also data. And to me, I've kind of seen in, in several different instances where it actually allows the reframing of how you look at things, almost like a, like a shift in mindset about how you look at the thing that you thought you were stuck on, and it kind of unblocks the rest of it. Yeah, I actually don't see what you're saying as different from what I was saying, because when we're stuck, we do need to innovate, right? To be stuck is to be somewhere where we don't know the path forward. It's not known. There's no approach that we've done before or at any rate that, that seems applicable in the current moment. And so we literally have to innovate our way out of that stuckness. And absolutely, because when we shift our perspective and we zoom out, it allows us to look for pattern. So up close, I might see this one thing that I'm experiencing as a barrier or as uh, something I can't get my head wrapped around or some kind of a block. And when I zoom out, I can see the commonality between that moment and other moments. And I can begin to look at, well, what stitches them together? What makes them similar? Now, instead of being stuck, I'm able to kind of put some systems thinking at play and start looking for patterns in the system rather than the individual problem. Or to go back to that earlier metaphor of the iceberg, if I just approach the problem from the tip of the iceberg, I'm going to solve that particular facet of the problem. But if I want the whole problem, I have to, I have to back up from it. I have to zoom out. In thinking about that then, what are some of the situations that you've encountered where it would be useful to just, because like, since you mentioned the iceberg, to stay at that top of the iceberg and not necessarily look at the, that bigger picture what might be underneath the the waterline? I think what's critical here is the shift in perspective. So when stuck and up close, or when confronted with a problem and up close, definitely the leadership practitioner zooms out 
just to have a look and see what's going on at that larger, more the broader perspective. There are going to be moments, though, the leadership practitioner needs to zoom in. And this could very well be to meet people where they are. So I'll, I'll give you an example of where zooming out, I mean, would be incredibly um, unempathetic. Like you've just stubbed your toe. And I use that moment to zoom out and draw connections between the last two times that you stubbed your toe and the observations you made at that point about why you left that table in your way. (laughs) (laughs) And at that moment, if I zoom out and I offer my observation and connect the data points, I could be completely correct. And I would also be being a jerk. (laughs) Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that would be an instance. On the on the flip side, there probably is a moment where you are positioned to do that kind of analysis and zoom out and, you know, look at the table or not or how it got there or not. And and then there is a place for it. But I think to be attuned empathetically to the needs of other people is really important in terms of that other critical piece of our framework, which is the connection. When I think about putting all of that together. Right. When I think about you, you mentioned it before, like that skill, right? It, it, to me, that's a, that's a practice. That is a, a, a leadership practice and your ability to zoom in when it makes sense to do so, kind of like the situation that, that we just talked through, to zoom out when it makes sense to do so, and to be able to know when to do either one or to do both and in what sequence to do it. To me, that is the practice. That is the leadership practice. Looking at the context, right? Because as leadership practitioners, we're here to create a context where people are the best versions of themselves and do their best work or their best thinking in this particular case. So my ability as the leadership practitioner to read the environment and see what it needs, like you said, meet, uh, meet people where they're at, and then not only zooming in to meet them, but let's say finding that appropriate time to zoom out and nudge them a bit forward can invite a lot of learning and a lot of improvement and a lot of growth for someone. Yeah, I'm thinking of, of just to give a, an example of what we're talking about. I'm working with somebody and they're, they're really, really elevated. There's a lot of emotion in the room. A particular practice of zooming out could be to ask it with people's permission, of course, in the right you know, when, when this permission is in place and when the, the, the connection is in place, you know, labeling it. Can you, can you find some words to describe what, what's going on for you in this moment? And just that act of labeling it is helping somebody to zoom out a little bit because they have to stop and think about what word could be used to classify the storm of things that they're feeling then that might put them in a position where then they could do some reappraisal or reframing of where they're coming from. And that could be really helpful. But as you, as you said, and, and as we've both talked about, when it's done judici- judiciously and when it's done with permission of the other people in the connection. Can you think of another example of that, that sort of zoom out and back? I'm, I'm thinking of our learning circle. Yeah. Oftentimes, someone will come in and say, listen, I'm having a problem with this, right? I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to build a new habit, let's say, and it's just not working. And so immediately, there is that tendency to talk about, 
that particular challenge, like right away go into, oh, okay, well, here are, here are a whole bunch of different ways in order to learn how to implement a new habit or hacks of, you know, this is what I've done, this is what I've done. Everybody is going to have a, you know, a set of hacks or a set of suggestions. And what's interesting in the particular example that I'm thinking of is that in the first conversation, that's exactly what it was whole list. And there was that, you know, there was a, a good feeling leaving the conversation, being equipped, you know, with a whole bunch of things to try. Experimentation. Awesome. And then when you come back and you revisit the conversation, you say, okay, well, how did it go? What I find, and this was the case in this example, but it has happened in many of the same types of situations where you jump too fast, you zoom in too fast, is, yeah, you know, I tried some stuff and it worked for a little bit. And then it didn't. You don't get that sustainability because there wasn't actually a change overall or an innovation, as you called it earlier, in terms of wanting to move forward. Like, how do I innovate past that? And it was through discussion of first zooming in to get the realization that, hmm, I tried a whole bunch of stuff. It wasn't working. So that's the meeting the person where they're at. And then zooming out afterwards to create that context for the nudge to come in. So let's explore actually what else could be preventing you from implementing this new habit. And all of a sudden, it's almost like the eyes light up and you're like, whoa, there is a much broader data set of things to look at that you wouldn't have otherwise looked at because you had been zoomed in. In this particular example, there was too much of a focus on not being able to change the habit or grow a new habit where that wasn't actually the problem at all. It was a whole bunch of other mindset stuff before even getting to changing the habit that was getting was being problematic. Mm -hmm. We only saw that because we had zoomed in and then zoomed out and then zoomed back in for implementation of all of those insights that we just got from having zoomed out. Mm -hmm. And that is why we chose to, yes, include Explore Curiously in the framework. Yet in the framework, it's after shift mindset, after enable learning and improvement, it comes after respond versus react, and it comes after connect and empathize with others. As we've said many times, you know, this isn't, this isn't a recipe, this isn't a cookie cutter, but as a framework, explore curiously comes after all of those things, partly because back to that idea of, of recursiveness and context, what we find is that our learners often try to solve a problem discover, oh, hey, the fact that my behavior shifts haven't resulted in the fixing of the problem means that maybe I'm not solving the right problem. Come around, explore curiously, and then realize there's a need to go back up and do the shift mindset, enable the learning and improvement, the show up with intention in order to create the conditions for that exploring curiously to, to really happen. So I'm wondering, because it's so natural to want to just jump right in, what could be some of those signals that would indicate to you that that's what's happening? What is it that one could look for? I think you already said it, that when we try something and we end up right back where we started. So if I'm trying to solve a problem and I have a whole, I leave with a whole bunch of tactics in my pocket and I implement those tactics and I come back, but I've still got the problem. I mean, that, that's a beautiful piece of data telling us that you, you have to probably zoom out, possibly zoom in, but probably zoom out in order to 
connect enough data to recognize the location of where the problem actually is. So that's more of like, you know, once you've already kind of like, like you said, you've already done something. For me, I think about it also to help me in the moment. I pay attention to specific words that would come up, something like, hey, have you tried this? Or what if you did this? And as soon as I hear those words, whether those come out of my mouth or someone else's mouth, that is usually a good indicator for me, not necessarily to decide whether, you know, what's appropriate right now, but just as a signal to be like, huh, is this one of those instances where we might prematurely be going into like super zooming in when there's still other stuff to explore. Let's dig into that. What is it about, hey, have you tried this? Is it is it the, hey, have you tried this itself? Or is there something about the, hey, have you tried this? Well, and that's always gotten me curious because the words, hey, have you tried this? And usually this has a solution to it, right? Then it's kind of like, well, hold on a second. Do I even have enough data to suggest what the solution might be? But then also in the moment is catching myself and thinking, it's like, okay, how many assumptions am I making with what I'm about to say? And then if I feel like there's like something in there that is could possibly be an assumption, that to me is a signal that I might have not explored curiously enough. I might have not zoomed out enough to know whether that's actually true or not. I'll look for these, at least for me, they're like specific word triggers that help me do some more thinking. And oftentimes, instead of thinking about it in my head, I'll ask the question so that I'm not answering my assumption with another assumption. Even if I reiterate what I think I've heard, if I say, so I'm hearing you say this and I'm hearing you say that, and I'm interpreting that to mean the problem is here. Is that it? Is that your view of the problem? And when I ask that, just that, it that is a form of zooming out because the listener has to think about it and think, yeah, that is, or no, no, you've, you've missed it. That isn't the problem. Or hmm, when I actually hear that, I'm not so sure that is the problem. Mm-hmm. And even just that can be something to disrupt that heading right into a solution. And that's the, that's the practitioner part of what we're talking about here. A lot of times I get the question, the zooming in, the zooming out, that's the skill, right, JR? My answer is usually that's a skill, right? That's a, that's a tool that you can use. But the real practice here, the practice of the leadership practitioner is the ability to know when that is appropriate and what kind of zooming in and out. So imagine I'm, you know, you're in a you're in a situation at work, let's say, right? And and you're showing up in your practice of leadership, you're observing what's going on. Your ability to, for lack of a better word, almost like feel out what's going on in the space, what's going on in that context. And then you realizing, hey, I set an intention for helping create a context for all of this amazing stuff to happen. That to me is the skill of the zooming in and the zooming out. Not necessarily the zooming in and the zooming out itself, but just the actual act of being able to recognize when and how something like that is needed in order to enhance the context and then trigger you to explore curiously. That is the leadership practice. What do you think, Marlene? I'm really with you that there's a kind of instinct for, I think there's something here, but the I think there's something here is an opportunity to explore not an opportunity to know the answer. And I'll add to that, it's also an opportunity to invite 
others to join you in doing that, right? So that you're not necessarily doing it by yourself. What an amazing opportunity as you're doing these kinds of explorations. And again, in the spirit of creating a context for others, that invitation for people to bring them into that exploration exemplifies the leadership practitioner, exemplifies the creating a context for people to be the best versions. Like what an amazing opportunity to say, hey, come, like, come explore with me what this could mean and potentially open up a world that neither one of us had considered beforehand. Like if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sign me up. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. We invite you to share your thoughts on this episode and your thoughts on how you practice leadership. Join us in the Leadership Practitioner Connection, our community of like-minded practitioners who aspire to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work. You can find it at leadershippractitioner.org slash connection. Mm-hmm.